Hello, Georgia teachers. Welcome to a novel episode of Classroom Conversations. I'm your host, Ashley Mingwasser, and I'm ready for some teacher talk. How about you? The Classroom Conversations podcast series is presented by the Georgia Department of Education with help from production partner Georgia Public Broadcasting. As the platform for Georgia's teachers, we have tons of quality tips and powerful insights in store today, straight from the mouths of educators. Light bulb moment from the team at DOE, why not talk tech with instructional technology? I'm referring to the digital technologies educators implement to maximize student learning in the classroom. Whatever the type, I seem only to know how to wreck tech, that's right. Light bulbs tend to go out in my presence. Perfectly good hair dryers spark and die in my hands. Even my cell phone of stunningly sophisticated engineering malfunctions on a basic level every single day. When it comes to the Digiverse, some of us may need a hero. Good thing we have two expert instructional technologists standing by to show us the way. Who they've become wasn't exactly written in binary code, but you'll soon see how the pathway to education was seemingly programmed for my two teacher guests from the Cherokee County School System. Chelsea Lemming is a fifth grade ELA and social studies teacher at Indian Knoll Elementary School. And Kristen Brooks teaches K-5 technology, Tech Lab, also at Indian Knoll. Hi, Chelsea and Kristen. Hello. Hi. How are you doing today? Great. So great to be here. Good to be here. Our electronics are working for this episode, so that's good news. Always. Mics are hot. What is the first electronic device you use when you get up every day? Phone. Your phone. For sure. It's my alarm, so it's my phone. That's true. (laughs) We We reach right for the smartphone. It's inevitable. I'm very interested in how each of you came to find your profession as educators. Kristen, for you, it all came down to being a fly on the wall. And I think you'd like to tell us your story first. So go for it. Yes, thank you. Um, Basically, just I was younger and um, getting ready to go to college. And I was with my parents at dinner at our home and we had some guests over. And they were just discussing, you know, that they liked what they did, but they were thinking about a second career. And I just kept thinking, I want to find a career that I love from the beginning to the end. I don't want to be halfway through and searching for something different. So when I went to college, I took all the aptitude tests and they kept saying, you have to declare. And I'm like, just, is there another thing? I just want to make sure. So I went and just watched, um, went and observed at several different jobs that would be great for my personality. And one was at an elementary school and I liked it so much that I kept returning every week to be the guest reader or help in the media center and, (laughs) you know, just really loved it and just knew that that was something that I enjoyed and had a passion for and that I wanted to do it forever. Professionally. They said, she's back again. Uh, We can't get rid of her, it seems, this volunteer. Yeah, and And this is my 28th year. So 28. It is. Kudos to you. Congratulations. And for you, Chelsea, it was the power of place. That's right. Now, this sort of feels like a spiritual experience. It kind of was. It really was. It sounds like I made it up, but I promise I didn't. Take us there. (laughs) So if you'd have asked me in high school, my parents would ask me, you know, what are you thinking about pursuing, Chelsea? I would say, I don't know what I want to be, but it's not. I'm not going to be a teacher, which looking back, I can kind of see I was sort of running from the calling. Why did you say that? What? My dad was a teacher. Uh, it's just, you know, it's like cliche. I don't know. <laughs> and I I think I always was teaching. I had always played school and I think it's like what everyone expected. So I just wanted something different. But 
So I went to college and was undeclared, similar to Kristen. Um, but then my family, we took a trip to Plains, Georgia, Jimmy Carter's birthplace. So we were there and we went to his boyhood home. And then there's a museum that they turned the Plains High School into a museum about him. And in the museum is the auditorium. The whole auditorium is dedicated to his teacher, Julia Coleman. And I was standing in the middle of that room, and he dedicated that large portion of the museum to her because he really credits her for um, inspiring him to be a president because he, you know, had no political affiliation, no money, nothing. He was really a nobody. And she would say to everyone, one day one of you might be president. Wow. And he believed her. And so I was standing in that room, and I thought, wow, that is just incredible for to have the opportunity to have influence on a life like that. And... 14 years later, I still believe it is a really cool opportunity. Every day I can influence lives at crucial points of development as people are still, kids are still determining how, what they believe to be true about themselves. Right. So, and others. That's right. And that realization dawned on you in a museum. That's right. Thank you, President Carter. I know. Where did you go to school? Barry College for my undergrad. Oh, Barry. Yes. Oh, I milked a cow there once. Did you? Different story. <laughs> <laughs> Which piece of tech do you think you need most in your daily life? Or what kind of technologies and applications do you gravitate toward as individuals? I think anything that makes my life easier. So lots of apps I use all the time. I love that I can order my groceries online. I use tons of scheduling apps. I like that I can track my steps and my workout and, you know, make goals for myself and help myself reach those. So anything that makes my life more streamlined and easier. I agree with that. If I don't have to go inside the grocery store, you know which apps I'm talking about. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. What about you, Kristen? Uh, Absolutely. My phone. I love just being having it in my pocket and being able to use it just for whatever comes up. So it it might be that I want to create something using my device. It might be that, um, you know, with my watch added to it uh, when I'm driving, it taps me when it's time to turn so I don't get lost as often. So it's just really helpful. Game changer, (laughs) for sure. Who would we be without technology is the real question. It's existential at this point. It's not just tech. Well, as a homeroom teacher, Chelsea, and a specials teacher, Kristen, how do your paths intersect at school in terms of instructional technology? So my class um, goes to Kristen's tech lab about once a week. It's a six-day rotation. So we share students. She teaches every student in the building. Every single one. Yeah, 880. And when they come to you, Kristen, are you giving them skills that they can use back in Chelsea's class? Yes, I hope they are. (laughs) Absolutely. They totally do. Yeah, we try to... Um, I try very hard to teach them to create on a device, whatever device they happen to have. So, you know, we we switch out and use different things. A lot of times, most adults now are using two devices at one time, maybe to look up something on one and then Good to point. type on the other. I have so, two devices right here right, right now. Exactly. <laughs> so I actually... Uh, We started that last year, and I I said to them, you know, how many people do you see around your home that that's what they do on their daily basis? And most of them raise their hands. So, And that's all grade levels. So I said, well, that's what we're going to start doing, too. So they were excited. Lovely. Let's start with a little word and thought association, shall we? What do you think when you both hear the phrase 21st century teaching and learning? What comes to mind for you, Kristen? I think of um, student voice and student choice. So giving them a, a way to use their voice um, so that all students can be heard because not everybody wants to raise their hand and talk out or stand on the stage and talk out. But if you give them different ways to speak, then they're going to use them. So 
everybody just needs their own avenue. Absolutely. They just don't, as children, they don't always know what the avenues are, what their choices are. Right. So I like to teach them all the choices. <laughs> so it can be games for some of them. Absolutely. It sounds yes. like you yes. use those in your class. We'll hear more about that soon. Chelsea, <laughs> what do you think when you hear 21st century teaching and learning? I think about 21st century citizens. So what do these humans in my care need to be able to do when they leave my classroom, when they graduate from high school? Um, you know, we can't we can no longer just have students memorize facts because mm-hmm. we have literally the history of the human experience in our pockets. So <laughs> thinking about how can we, you know, teach a skill, critical thinking, collaboration um, and technology is just such a game changer for all of those. Wonderful means to an end. How do you integrate those 21st century skills when you're writing your unit plans? So I it happens pretty naturally now, I think, because it's just technology. We're one to one at our school for our, our upper grades. So I couldn't imagine not using technology in my lesson plans now. So we're naturally always, you know, using our resources. If we're writing a research paper, of course, we're going to we're not nobody goes to the library anymore and checks out a book. But we're going to use those resources online. We're going to collaborate together and just do all those things with technology. Yeah, I think of it like a circle. It, it goes all the way around, and then it might go backwards around. I mean, just depends on what you're doing. If you're looking at a standard, um, then you kind of think of what technology would go well with it. Um, I never force the technology because not everything can be taught with technology. Um, And a lot of times I'll have homeroom teachers or other areas in our school come to me and say, you know, I have the standard that maybe isn't my favorite or one that's just a little challenging, and we'll try to work together to come up with a way to have that you know, interact with technology if it's possible, but not everything is. That's beautiful. So you're using your tech to help teach standards. Yes. And you're showing teachers ways that they can do that to illustrate especially difficult standards. Correct. They can use the technology. And some of them that are just harder, like children don't gravitate towards the standard. And sometimes if you can find some technology that they gravitate towards to hook them in that could be an to access learning point. the standards. That's right. right. So that is something that I really feel like technology absolutely 1,000% benefits education uh-huh. in that way. Oh, she's a cunning one, Chelsea, right. isn't she? It's tricky. <laughs> you, you can take a load off teachers this way, too. I try. I really do try to. I mean, teaching is challenging. And it has its own set of, you know, challenges. And so if there's any way that I can help to lift that burden or, you know, just make it a little easier for the teachers in our building, would love to do that. Right. Let's think about the fact that technology is ever evolving and changing all the time, more so than the curriculum is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's there are new smartphones out, what, every three months it feels like? You just can't keep up with it. How do you keep current when it comes to instructional technology practices, applications? Do you have resources for that? I use Twitter all the time. Yes. And I have used Twitter for, I believe, over 10 years now. So just going on and searching. And when I first got on Twitter, I didn't really know how to use it. I just sort of kept going back and trying to figure it out. And just using the hashtags and putting in specific what I'm looking for. Like I need a, a third grade lesson on, you know, and just using like keywords. Those is hashtags. Yes. Yeah. And I found lots of things that I things you don't know what you don't know. I say that to the students all the time. So I would just put things in and see what would come up. And if it was something I was looking for, sometimes I would get random things that I was not looking for. But it really was helpful. And I feel like that can be professional learning on a teacher's, their own schedule. So you might be, you know, waiting 
at the doctor or waiting, you know, for something and you have 10 minutes. Well, you've got a little PL time that you can go and do on your own instead of always having to go and do it at, you know, other times. With your smartphone that is in your exactly. pocket or in your hand, <laughs> as we've said over and over. Chelsea, what about you in terms of keeping current on this stuff? I totally agree. Social media is huge. I will also add that our district does a really good job. We have a really strong um instructional technology department and they do monthly trainings on-demand trainings we have this really cool challenge where you can do this on-demand training and earn points um and that's something i've really enjoyed doing so they're a big part of that for me too they make you successful that's right well they lay out a lot of items that you can choose from that's right so it's, it's a lot of you know things like if you want to learn about a specific item go to this area so they have it all kind of laid out and you get to pick and choose what is applicable to your job that's good because everybody's entering at a different point correct on the instructional technology time and also conferences um, teacher conferences or educational technology conferences are super helpful because you feel like you're not the only one. You're not on an island. Exactly. There's other people that are looking for the same things. Yes, and those are good ideas swap mediums, mm-hmm. just like the Twitter. Now I'm <laughs> now I sound much older than I am when I said the Twitter. Uh, well, one of you define what digital citizenship means for us, and then tell us how you infuse digital citizenship into your teaching. So digital citizenship is to a me, that is <laughs> citizenship, just thinking about how can we be safe online and also our how, you know, our actions online impact ourselves and others. So that that is just a mountain. It's a lot. Um, one thing that comes to mind for me over my board in my classroom, I have a sign that says words are powerful. We talk about that a lot. And your words online are really powerful. Um, And even the words you ingest online, that's really powerful. Mm. Our media specialist does this really great lesson um, every year about making sure you use non-biased research. So there's some things online that aren't true. But even some adults struggle with thinking that everything online is true. So we try to show students there's this like... Um, satire website about a tree octopus and we a what a tree octopus whoa right I'm going to be viewing that today <laughs> so we show them and we have them do this research and then we see it who figures out that this is not true because you know we're presenting it to them you know as the authority my teacher's saying use this website and then some of them slowly they're like well this this doesn't add up and this is not, you know, a reputable source. And you just told us about this. We're like, yes. I love that they're saying this at that age. Yes. It's Do excellent. they ever fall for it? Oh, most of them. It, really? t- it kind of spreads quietly, but yes. Okay. Interesting. How do you define and teach did it, did you, <laughs> I told you it's hard. <laughs> digital citizenship, Krista. Yeah. Um, digital citizenship to me, it it has evolved. The the term has evolved. Um, to me it used to be a lot of being safe online, but now it's about making sure that your information is not out there. And so a lot in my room, we are creating items and storing them different locations because I'm trying to teach them how to store things in the cloud and what the cloud is. And, you know, what is the cloud? I mean, that's a conversation. <laughs> yeah, we'll cover that later. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, just making sure that they understand all these terms before they get to middle school and making sure that they are putting things safely, but, you know, making sure that their information is safe. So a lot of times I'll just throw out things like when I'm going over the directions at the beginning of class, you know, so would that be safe or would it be better if your name is automatically put in there to take it back out, you know, before you um, 
publish it and, you know, just going over and having those conversations so that it's just natural to them. Um, and then also I use Common Sense Educator. So it's a free website, has wonderful information for teachers, for parents, um, for students, all about just being safe online. And that is wonderful. I've actually given that probably more than any other website to parents um, because it covers all types of media. And you can go in and look for different things to see if it's appropriate for your child to be using that. That is brilliant. I need to know if there's common sense host out there. I might need the host version of that. Can you explain the difference to me between technology integration and technology enhancement? Chelsea? To me, when I think about that, I just want to always make sure that I'm not using technology for the sake of technology. Mm -hmm. So that's not my end goal ever is the technology is not because, you know, as we said, the technology is going to change. So I think it's important. And I love that Kristen teaches specific apps because they need that because then I can say in the classroom, okay, you're going to do, you know, a study tool and you can use any of these platforms that you know how to do because Miss Brooks taught you. However, I want to make sure, you know, I'm not just that's not my focus. So, you know, you can make something look really good and exciting with technology, but let's make sure that that's not the focus. Right. How it looks. It's about the experience right. of learning. That's Kristen. right. right. Yeah. Um, I think I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> I was so focused on Chelsea's answer. She's such a good listener. <laughs> totally immersed. What is the difference, in your opinion, between technology integration and technology enhancement? How do we know the difference? I think that um, when you... Same kind of the same answer that they do go together, but when you are enhancing something, you're adding to it and integrating it is that it like comes together. It's all one item. So it's it's got a flow to it is is what I look at it. And I would say that for for me in my classroom, that I always want to be trying to integrate it, not just enhance it. Because so. your purpose is tech lab. You're exposing Correct, them yes. to this stuff. Yeah. And, and teaching them how to create. Because a lot of people say, oh, the kids know how to do that. And I'm like, well, they do. They know how to go on, you know, whatever website and just consume information. Mm. But they don't always know how to go in and then take that information and create something on their own. And that's what my big passion in life is, is to teach children how to create. So that they consume and they also produce. Yes. Yeah. So if they're watching YouTube videos, I'm always encouraging them. But you know how to make a video. So why don't you make a few to add on there or to publish your own item? So we've actually just finished with the fifth graders making web pages. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they were really excited to see that. And it's something that we made kind of as an area for them to add into because a lot of times in school, I have noticed personally that they'll make a little portfolio, but it'll be, oh, the teacher's like, you know, add this assignment, add this thing and telling them what to put in it. So I told them that we were going to make a portfolio that was all theirs. And I taught them how to add to it. And it's a digital portfolio. So at any time, if they make something in Chelsea's class or in another class, if they can take a photo of it, they can then add it to their web page. And they are they're adding things. So they, it's so cute. It's really it's fun. What <laughs> sorts of information have you seen them add to their digital portfolio? Well, I think y'all had a writing assignment in fifth grade. And so a lot of them were making sure that they were adding that correctly um, from the cloud to their web page. Um, a lot of times I have them make different things on, using all different websites and having them add those items in. Um, let's see, we took pictures. So I taught them how to use their um, tablet or their laptop to take it could be a selfie. It could be taking a picture of something that they actually created in, you know, one of the other specials, maybe art class or something they 
had done in music class. They actually know how now to make a video. So they're adding all types of things that they're doing at school. And you've got them using YouTube, not just for the sense that they're up there spending minutes upon hours consuming content, but they're thinking, what can I give back to this platform? Correct. We're not actually using YouTube, but they could. They could. I always yeah. tell them, I'm like, YouTube is its own thing. Ask your parents first. First. That <laughs> is true. That is true. So, yeah. That's that at-home uh, downtime exactly. when they go, they go to YouTube. But and a so lot do of, I. A lot of them, though, I mean, they are... It's neat to see them once you introduce them um, to different free websites. Like I know Adobe is one that is free for everyone in education. And that is one that we use at school a lot, Adobe Express. And seeing them go and learn how to get on and how to create the things that I'm having them create. And I try to make them very fun. And we were actually setting goals for the year and what's something that they really wanted to achieve. And they took a picture and they actually wrote out what their their goal is. And then baby steps, how they were going to get to that goal. And using a lot of, you know, digital media and shapes and fun items, stickers and types of things to add to it. And then seeing them, I'm like, okay, well, we're done with that. But we have a few extra minutes if you just want to explore. And Kids that were interested in finding other items on that same website, they're off exploring and just like creating something that is not an assignment. And that's really the goal is to have them find things, have fun while they're learning. Because you each equip them with so many tools and they can choose what resonates most, it just seems unbelievably positive having these technical tools in the classroom. But I imagine that sometimes there are challenges when you're working with instructional technology and maybe even with the concepts that we talked about with digital citizenship. So what are some of the challenges that you've seen with instructional technology or even uh, digital citizenship issues? Instructional technology is wonderful and has totally revolutionized my classroom. However, I've noticed with students a lot that um, sometimes it can be distracting. Mm -hmm. So even sometimes when I need students, you know, to focus on what I'm saying, I can see that they are, you know, wanting to work on something, maybe something productive for another class. And I'm guilty for, at, you know, same thing. I might be in a meeting, but I might have another, you know, tab open where... Somewhere else. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not where... I always say, be where your feet are. Be where your feet are and, you know, be present with what we're doing. So... Um, the distraction can be hard. I can. I found that they want things quickly. Sometimes the they immediacy. Yes. Yeah. So that can be hard when it's like, no, I, I, this is your first draft, and I actually need you to do this again. Mm -hmm. um, so that can be difficult. But so yeah, those are a few for me. That is a symptom of having the world at your fingertips, That's baby. Right. That's right. I'd like to show them a Nokia cell phone with T9 and see what happens. <laughs> you know, I actually, when I show my students, we, I teach Alexander Graham Bell, and I bring in my Nokia cell phone, and they, they lose their minds. <laughs> what, I really what do. What is this? Not that Alexander Graham Bell invented that, but I know they just don't understand. It goes there with the conversation. Right. I was yeah. following you. What, <laughs> what challenges have you encountered, Kristen? Um, I would definitely say that um, challenging is the technology is always evolving as well. And so that's great on one hand, but then also it can be frustrating. I have literally looked at something the night before and gotten ready to teach it the next day and they did an update and <laughs> the buttons were different or uh -oh. they were called different things or they were in a different place, you know. And for a teacher, um, most people are like, that's not a big deal. But for a teacher, that's a big deal mm -hmm. because you're supposed to know what you're teaching and how it's going to work. And then when it doesn't, you know, but it's also been good because sometimes I've gotten very used to just saying to the students, hey, we're all learning. 
I'm learning. You're learning. This is not the way it was yesterday, but it's the way it is today. So we're going to figure it out. And just kind of taking that pressure off myself as an educator. I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. And that's okay. And, you know, we'll figure it out. And I've had lots of kids get up and say, what about this thing up here in the corner? You know, and we've literally sat there as a class and figured it out. So. And usually those updates, if we get down to it, are for the purpose of improving the usability for the user. So you almost can't be mad at it. It's just getting abreast of that new change. Well, what rallying cry can you each give, a short and sweet motivational sentence or idea for teachers out there who probably might feel hesitant about using instructional technology if they're not already? What do you say to pump them up? I would say don't let don't be afraid to let the kids show you. So kind mm-hmm. of exactly ah. what Kristen just said. I often say, I don't know how to do this, but find an expert in the room. <laughs> and they usually do and they figure it out. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So just learn it together. Accept that. Yeah. Accept that. And just, you know, try to move away from the fear factor. I feel yes. like for teachers, that's something that I talk to lots of teachers about. I'm like, don't be afraid of the technology. Just right. Open up your mind, open up, you know, to your class and just let them know, hey, I'm new at this. We're all learning right. it and it's going to be OK and we're going to figure it out. And it it gives them a chance to shine because they will. They'll jump up and they'll show the whole class something because I'll say sometimes, hey, if you're doing this assignment and you see something that we all would like to know and I didn't cover it because I just cover a small bit to try to get through the directions quickly. And I said, just stand up and show it to everyone and they will do that. And it's really a nice thing to see. Yeah. Reject the fear. Embrace the functionality. And you can't spell functionality without fun. That's what it comes down to. Kristen, what if one of the teachers listening does not have an instructional technology coach at their school? Whatever do they do? There's lots of websites that they could go to to get training on, you know, most anything that they're using that their district has gotten for them to use. There's some sort of training out there. They might have to find it or maybe somebody in their district office might have a link or something for them. But absolutely, I would go there first. Just, you know, go in and type it into your web browser and search it up because most of the time you'll you'll find something. Um, YouTube is a place that I've gone to myself to look for answers. Um, and then also um, using social media and just using, you know, a hashtag and putting in a basic term. And usually any teacher that is using social media, I have people send me questions all the time and I'm happy to help them and answer and try to get them, you know, some information that can be helpful to what they're going through. I totally agree. And um, I think also just reaching out to other people in your building, your media specialist could be a great resource. And, you know, you might both be confused at first together, but working together, I know for me, we've been able to um, just troubleshoot and figure it out together. Wonderful. Well, let's conclude with this. Maybe a couple of your favorite teaching tips or activities that you use when you're talking about instructional technology. What do we have? I can tell you, um, my kids love to code. and Really? They do, yes. K through five, amazing. They do. And, and it's, you know, it's block coding, so it's the beginning of coding. But it's just, it's all in how you look at it. And I do say to all the kids, like my little talk that I give at the beginning of the school year is, you know, 
every week we'll be doing something different. And it may not be your most favorite activity, but just roll with it and do the best you can. That's all I'm asking. And the next week we'll probably be doing something completely different. So when it comes to coding, it's usually like a 50-50. Some of the kids are like, yay, let's code. And some of them are like, uh, you know, I don't know what to do. Um, but that's okay because um, – when they get into the coding, most of them end up loving it and love just trying to figure that out and really uses a different type of thinking. So um, I love a PBS Scratch Junior. It's one of my students' favorite apps. And there is the regular Scratch Junior, totally free. And then PBS came out with a version that has the PBS characters in it. So for K through five, it is an amazing storytelling app. And they just get the characters and put them in there, and they want those characters to move. It's kind of like they're making their own little story cartoon. So it's really fun. And we love our little PBS plug here. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> Chelsea, do you, Chelsea, do you have a teaching tip or activity that you'd like to share with us today? I would encourage teachers to provide choice to their students and the technology that they use to, especially when it's a, pro a product. So we just finished a turn-of-the-century unit, and as I referenced, I said to students, okay, here, here's the information, and I want you to make um, a presentation about this, and whatever platform you want to use for that is fine by me. I, I The teacher I was 10 years ago would not have been comfortable with that because it would have felt really hard to grade and manage, but um, it's always great, and I'm always blown away by what they create by giving them that choice. They'll blow your minds. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, you're blowing theirs with all these wonderful tools. I mean, if you just look at Kristen's email signature, the amount of certification she has <laughs> in some of these softwares is pretty impressive. Chelsea Lemming, Kristen Brooks, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you thank for having you. us. You shared a wealth of beautiful information. I plan to have this episode transcribed for self-improvement. So thank you. I'll be reading through your tech tips later. Whether by keystrokes or taps, audience, there's no denying that technology operating at students' fingertips is widening their world and accelerating their learning. A 21st century universal language of sorts, technology can help you reach new milestones with your digital learners. And as we've heard, the benefits are often bi-directional. Talk to your school's instructional technologist today and you can develop your own engaging, effective learning experiences. Remember that you're a great teacher and that's not a technicality. Save your login and come back next week for another intriguing module of Classroom Conversations. Bye-bye. Funding for Classroom Conversations is made possible through the School Climate Transformation Grant.